0: This week on the Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature.
1: Will you accept our offer to take responsibility as we commit ourselves to live and work for gender equality and thereby seek reconciliation?
0: I'm Neil Harvey. Please join us this week for the truth and reconciliation of gender on the Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature.
2: Support for The Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature, is provided in part by Organic Valley Family of Farms and Mary's Gone
0: Crackers. As the author D.H. Lawrence wrote, The future of humanity will be decided not by relations between nations, but by relations between women and men. Like the Truth and Reconciliation process that South Africa undertook to heal the racial wounds of apartheid, today, gender reconciliation is a burgeoning new movement for transformational healing. It's radically challenging the assumptions of cultural conditioning that shape our views of gender, sexuality, and relational intimacy. Although a patriarchal power structure continues to subordinate women and confer power and privilege to men, That privilege comes with a very high price for both men and women. How do we move toward gender justice and social healing? This is the marriage of the sun and moon, the truth and reconciliation of gender with Gender Reconciliation Pathfinders, Cynthia Bricks, William Keepen, Pelle Rouge, and Pat McCabe. My name is Neil Harvey. I'll be your host. Welcome to the Bioneers revolution from the heart of nature.
1: And here's the first question for the men. Please raise your hand if you have ever been afraid to walk the streets alone because you are a man.
2: So the second question for the women, please raise your hand if when you were a child or a young woman, you ever feared or lamented that you might have to fight or die for your country.
0: Reverend Cynthia Bricks and her husband, William Keepen, create forums where men and women come together to heal and transform one another. They co-founded Gender Reconciliation International, a nonprofit that has conducted 80 programs in eight countries. Together they wrote the book Divine Duality: The Power of Reconciliation Between Women and Men. Cynthia Bricks and William Keepen spoke with us at a Bioneers Conference.
1: Men and women have a very different experience of life in modern society. There's a whole set of experiences that are visited upon women of which men have rather little awareness and vice versa. So one of the issues is a divide in awareness that women are not aware of what men go through and men are not aware of what women go through at the level that we feel is essential And so part of it is beginning to create forums where there's a deep truth-telling that can take place between men and women. And when that happens, people then begin to drop into a level of truth-telling and vulnerability that rarely happens in public spaces. And so one thing we find is that this conversation, when skillfully facilitated, opens up a whole new arena of sensitivity and vulnerability but through that also opens up a kind of birthing of a new kind of intimacy and authenticity between men and women which once experienced people will typically often say to us wow we have so needed that we've wanted that but we had no form where that could happen so part of the need is for men and women to come together and live at a deeper level of communion and honesty than is the normal case in society
2: it's on many different levels. You know, it's even within myself or yourself of how I'm integrating or am I integrated in the masculine feminine within myself. And then it's on a familial level with the family and my relationship in the bedroom, in my relationship with children or parents. Then it's the workplace or the community and it's on a global scale. So it's all these different levels. We've come together as community to do the healing work because the wound happens out and the injustice happens out in the larger society often. And then we bring our bag of wounds on our back or our issues, our challenges, and we try to do the healing within like a one-on-one relationship. And until we address the wound at the deep-rooted level, We'll never come into right alignment again with one another as human beings on this planet.
0: As Bricks and Keepin point out, the bag of wounds we each carry is nested in radiating circles of community and society. And every person's story is personal. Cynthia Bricks recalls a woman at one of their workshops. Elena, not a real name, had lived for 20 years with an abusive husband. After his death, she and her children made a pact to speak about their experience only in the third person if they spoke about it at all. The workshop began with women and men separately where Elena told her story. Then the men joined the women who remained in the center sharing more of their stories while the men sat in silent witness around them.
2: And Elena came forward with the fullness of her story that she had lived in this marriage, abusive marriage for 20 years. Her husband would dangle the babies from the second story balcony and threaten to drop them while Elena was underneath ready to catch them. At one point he moved his mistress into the house and she and the children had to live in the toilet area while the mistress lived in the bedroom with her husband. This happened for a good portion of her marriage. And one day she was in the kitchen cooking hot sausages and oil in her husband came in demanding money for alcohol and his needs. And and Elena said, no, I need this money for the children's shoes. And he came at her with a knife, and she took that hot oil and threw it at him, and it scalded the front of him. Well, she got charged and thrown in jail, but she was the breadwinner, so they quickly bailed her out. She lived in this horrific situation for years until her husband died. She came to the workshop and never experienced this, was able to bring forward her truth and the safety of the community with men present. At the end of the workshop, she just felt so liberated and freed. And during the workshop, one of the aspects after her sharing of the truth, the men created this wonderful ceremony where they came in, they led us into the room, and sat us down in a semicircle, all the women. And before us was this high structure. How high was that structure of chairs? All the way to the ceiling, 12 or 13 Yeah, And there were metal chairs. And on the side of the chair structure were two men, and they made a statement about breaking down the patriarchy. And at that point, they pulled the bottom legs of the chair, and this whole structure came crashing down. And the women just... (gasps) You know, and we sat there amazed. And then they tenderly, gently washed our hands and cleansed our hands and made statements of how they were going to move forward to continue their efforts to break this down, the patriarchy. Elena was so elated when she left this workshop, having never experienced the gentleness of a man before or that listening at that level. A week after the workshop, we saw her, and she came running up and said, Will, Cynthia, I have to tell you what happened since the workshop. She said, I visited my husband's grave. And I sat there, and I was able to forgive him for everything that had happened. And then I knew where his mistress lived, and I hadn't seen her for 20 years. And I knocked on her door, and she came to the door in a wheelchair, and she said, Elena, I've been thinking about you all week long all during the workshop time, and she said, I think I'm in this wheelchair for all the things I did to you and your children, and they were able to come to some kind of healing moment and reconciliation, and the purpose of the story is to say, speaking truth to our experience and getting some kind of acknowledgement and accountability has profound effect and brings us into a place of moving through it into a higher level and being able to come into forgiveness often, as Elena did.
0: Truth and Reconciliation, by speaking truth to our experience and by seeking recognition and accountability. Where better to raise gender truth and reconciliation than in South Africa, where it is estimated that a woman or girl is raped every 26 seconds? Bricks and Keepen learned what was often expected for boys and girls growing up in a township in South Africa. As a boy, your mother would fear you'd become a gangster. As a girl, your mother would fear you'd be raped at a very young age. William Keepen recalls the story of one young man changed by hearing a woman in a workshop. She had been raped and was working through her own trauma, preparing to confront her attacker in court.
1: She told her story in graphic detail, which was very rare. and None of the men had ever heard such a story. And it took all they could do to stay in the room. And one of the men, who was one of our trainees, and a pretty astute young man, mid-20s, was quite shaken, as everyone was in a certain way. And he said, I, I don't know how to be a man anymore. He said, I feel traumatized his very identity as a man was being transformed. And the key was that his heart had been broken open and he was now carrying part of the pain that this woman was carrying all on her own and that women, in sense, as a group, carry all on their own in terms of that level of fear that women live in from the day they're born, that men don't live in in the same way. And now he was carrying that with her And that was transforming his very identity as a man. In South African culture, there is almost a kind of rape permission. There's so little consciousness around it that men are socialized into that way of being with women and not even realizing that there's another way to be. So there's a whole confusion of that sort of aggressive sexuality with being a man. And that's why it's so transformative for them to actually hear the effects of that kind of sexuality. But there's no form for that to happen. So this work is radically transformative just by creating a forum where men can truly hear women's pain and vice versa.
0: Then Bricks and Keepen found their forum suddenly getting much bigger.
1: We were invited by the Deputy Minister of Health, who later became the Deputy Speaker of Parliament, and her vision was to have this work introduced to all members of Parliament. And so we worked with a group of about 30 Many of them were workers in the parliament, and then we had a few MPs who were actually members of parliament. Ironically, the week that it started, the chief whip of the ANC was charged with sexual inappropriate behavior towards one of his interns, and there was a huge crisis in parliament itself, and several of the people who were supposed to be in our workshop dropped out to fight the battle that was emerging in parliament around this sexual violation for which he was eventually canned.
2: Well, and even then, (laughs) while the workshop was going on, the woman who had charged him was texting people in our workshop about what was going on and she was in hiding so it was quite a dramatic scene it was a
1: whole drama (laughs) that was unfolding right as we were doing this work so it kind of highlighted the importance of the work but that was a watershed event for us because at the end of the ritual where the men's ceremonies the women ended with an unbelievably beautiful declaration so this is the declaration of the men to the women The bonds of humanity have been broken. We acknowledge that we have shared in the unfair and unjust advantage that has upset the creator's intended balance of human relationships for love, companionship, and cooperation. We further acknowledge that we have been complicit in breaking the intended dream of equality. So now we come forward to say to you, we are sorry. We affirm that we want to start anew. And we ask, will you accept our offer to take responsibility as we commit ourselves to live out and challenge and support all men everywhere to live and work for gender equality and thereby seek reconciliation? I mean, the women were weeping. They were stunned when the men delivered this and left. I mean, you were there. Mm -hmm. It's true. Yeah, it was a very beautiful moment. And coming at such a high level of political engagement. These men were leaders in the country, and uh, it's beautiful.
0: William Keepen and Cynthia Bricks say that the greatest male privilege is not any of the social advantages afforded to men in patriarchal society, but rather for men to participate in dismantling the patriarchal system itself. This was symbolized, in this case, by toppling a stack of chairs, men proactively deconstructing male privilege and partnering with women to build a beloved community across nations, races, and cultures. When we return, we explore ways people from Western and indigenous cultural perspectives are restoring the balance of the masculine and feminine and creating an alchemy of the heart. This is The Marriage of the Sun and Moon, the truth and reconciliation of gender. I'm Neil Harvey. You're listening to The Bioneers, revolution from the heart of nature. If you love Bioneers Radio, it's free and easy to support us. Just take a moment to post a review on our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you find our show online. You'll be helping other people find and enjoy these incredible thinkers and storytellers. And thank you for helping us out. Attitudes toward gender are changing radically. From the majority acceptance of gay marriage in the U.S. to the emerging LGBT rights movement, Growing numbers of people are seeing gender identity as more fluid and inclusive of differences. It's a nuanced continuum where each of us has both feminine and masculine qualities.
3: When I think of gender, I think of all aspects of who I am as a human being. What does my mind say about gender? What does my body say about gender? What does my spirit have to say about gender? And what does my emotion say about gender? And they're not all one and the same.
0: Pele Rouge leads gender reconciliation business retreats and community ceremonies based on an ancient body of earth wisdom teachings passed on to her and her husband in a formal apprenticeship. She's a contributing editor to Community Building, Renewing Spirit and Learning in Business. Her journey has been deeply personal and began unexpectedly on the cliffs of Big Sur, California, Pelly Rouge.
3: I was born into a fifth-generation farm family in Iowa, the second daughter into a family that desperately wanted a male. And when I was about 27 years old, I found myself sitting in a hot tub at Esalen doing an exercise about what I feel guilty about, and I found myself saying I feel guilty for being female. I was so grateful for that moment because for the first time in my life I began to understand something about who I was and something about the forces that I had been wrestling with that I couldn't make sense of because I never seemed to fit. It's probably been somewhere in my 20s where I discovered that the two questions of my life in terms of what I came here to learn this lifetime The first one is, what is it to be a woman in this time? Because I felt I knew much more about being male than I did about being female. Growing up the way that I did, I was a tomboy. I was my father's son in many, many ways. That world made sense to me. The world of the feminine, the world of women was a mystery that I had some very painful and powerful initiations into over time.
0: In the face of mystery, Pelle Rouge asked herself a question.
3: How do I heal the hatred of the feminine that is within myself? How do I heal the denigration of the feminine? How do I even see it? How does it even become visible to me? One of the greatest gifts that has come to me recently is a, a deep friendship with a woman who is a lesbian, who gives me eyes to see what has been hitherto impossible for me to see through my own heterosexual eyes. We were in a conversation about yielding, that it is the job of the masculine to yield first and then change, and the feminine to change first and then yield. Most women in this culture were brought up to yield. We were brought up to change first. And the yielding, certainly in my world, the world that I grew up in, in my family, was very close to serving. There wasn't much difference between yielding to the masculine and serving the masculine.
4: At my time of being a young girl, I actually moved from New Mexico, which is where my home is, to the Stanford University campus where my father went to school. And it was a pretty radical <laughs> change for a New Mexico girl, but beautiful.
0: Pat McCabe is a member of the Diné Navajo Nation. She's a mother, writer, artist, activist, international speaker, and cultural liaison. Her work is based on what she calls the science of right relations and the central knowledge that we are born into beauty. She's a ceremonial leader known as Woman Stands Shining.
4: One of the things I always think about that time is how it was so a part of curriculum on the part of, the, of really everybody, but in particular the, the women who were my teachers, to make sure that I understood that I could become anything. I could be an astronaut. I could be, you know, it was just like over and over and over and over and over again. Later, however, as I came back around to indigenous community, and indigenous culture that had to shift and I didn't understand it at first. I kind of came in to traditional activity and practices with a women's lib attitude. I didn't understand what the gender roles were about then. I didn't understand that there was a purpose beyond contemporary Western culture's understanding of what those roles were. So it was a slow process for me, but I've come around to this different place now where there's actually many different cultures and different lenses to look at that question through.
0: In other words, as Pat McCabe, gender is a cultural construct and a paradigm. So what really is gender, and what cultural paradigm is informing it?
4: What does it mean to be embodied divine feminine? What does it mean to be embodied divine masculine? In fact, what does it mean if we just drop that word feminine that is so loaded, or that word masculine that is so loaded? What are we left with, essentially? My spirit helper said to me, that's a very good question. You're on to something with that question. Because you have been associating what is masculine with a paradigm. It's the warring and hoarding paradigm. And in that paradigm, there's always one guy at the top, a couple of his buddies below him, maybe a couple of their buddies below them, and after that, we don't really care. So in that power over paradigm, the the stronger physically, brute strength-wise, is going to always hold that spot. And so you associate that behavior of the person at the top of a paradigm as being man. That is not man. That is paradigm in operation. So when you change the paradigm, everybody gets to come to a new nature, a new way of being.
0: Where did this power-over paradigm come from? William Keepin found insight in historian Gerda Lerner's book, The Creation of Patriarchy.
1: She said, the most interesting thing that I discovered was that the one factor that was true in common in every culture where patriarchy emerged, it happened when the women in that culture lost their direct connection to the divine. And when that connection was severed, women were commodified, sexuality was commodified, and the whole thing started to unfold as a patriarchal oppression. So that gives us a hint... That part of the solution then to heal patriarchy is for women to reclaim that spiritual connection, direct connection, authentic, and become then an instrument of a larger divine force and power. Believe me, the patriarchy knows this, and that's why they're desperate to keep this from happening. That's why they set up that whole hierarchy of priests as all male. And that's why these stories are put into the apocryphal. The story of St. Teclas should be in the canonical gospels. But you see it across the traditions and you begin to see that power, that women connected to their spiritual power trump patriarchy time and time again.
0: For William Keepen, Cynthia Bricks, Pelle Rouge, and Pat McCabe, when the masculine and feminine come together, a profound communion of consciousness takes place, the marriage of the sun and moon. It's an alchemical transformation of the heart. Gender becomes a doorway from duality into unity. The Marriage of the Sun and Moon, The Truth and Reconciliation of Gender. You can see video of workshops led by Cynthia Bricks and William Keepin, and explore more Bioneers radio shows and video programming online at Bioneers.org. For information on attending the National Bioneers Conference and Bioneers events in your area, please visit Bioneers.org or call 1-877-BIONEER. The Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature, is a production of Bioneers and Collective Heritage Institute. Executive Producer, Kenny Ausubel. Written by Kenny Ausubel. Senior Producer, Neil Harvey. Managing Producer, Stephanie Welch. Distribution is by WFMT Radio Network. Interview recording engineer Jeff Westman. Our theme music is taken from the album Journey Between by Baca Beyond and used by permission of Hannibal Records, a Ricoh Disc label. Additional music was made available by Sounds True at SoundsTrue.com. For more music information, please visit radio.bioneers.org.
3: This program was made possible
2: in part by Organic Valley, pasture-raised organic dairy products bringing the good from our family to yours. Visit OrganicValley.coop. Mary's Gone Crackers, healing the planet through conscious eating, gluten-free and vegan products since 2004. Learn more at Mary'sGoneCrackers.com. John Masters Organics, feel good about looking good. Visit JohnMasters.com. Funding also provided by a grant from the Park Foundation dedicated to heightening public awareness of critical issues and by the generous support of listeners like you.